Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Haken, an Animal Crossing podcast. Your podcast dedicated to all things Animal Crossing. Episode 229 is brought to you by all of our supporters on Patreon. This episode is also possible thanks to our producers, For the Whim, Tab, Mikey Toe, and Lazy Villager Megan Leslie. This week, Nina, Sergio, and I are joined by Two Meg, our featured artist for the month of April 2022. We'll be getting to know Two Meg, then discussing accessibility in Animal Crossing. So to begin, hello Sergio, how are you doing? Hi Chewy, I'm doing well. Uh, what about yourself? It's been a fun weekend. Yeah, I mean, I very quick turnaround. I was actually in California again, so uh, yeah, was there for the weekend, came back, and now I'm finally going to be at home for like two weeks mm. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> so it, it's been a long time. Um, and then, hi Nina, how are you? I'm good. The pollen in Atlanta is crazy right now, so I apologize if I sound a little squeaky, um, but I feel good other than the pollen. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, that's good. And then, of course, this is a very, this is the first time we've ever done this, have an artist on mm. our show who is featured for the month to Meg. I'm I'm probably just going to call you Meg from here on out, but hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I've been excited about your piece. Uh, you talked to me a while back, and I was glad to... F- I You hit me up on one of those rare occasions where I was ahead of the game. I'm not ahead of the game right now, but I had like two artists already lined up, and I was like, oh, I can get you in on this other one. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're excited to have your art here and have you here as well. Yeah, I was really excited to do it because I kind of just got into doing this digital stuff and I got real deep into it and I just Mm. really wanted to do something for the podcast and I really love the piece that I did I'm super proud of it and I just hope you guys like it and every all the listeners like it and and yeah so I'm happy to be here and I'm I hope you guys like it (laughs) yeah I love it it's such a I was blown away, honestly, when you told me you do this all digitally, because I was like, oh, this must be like a really nice scan. I thought so, too. Yeah, like your art, like maybe you put it together with stickers and stuff, but you do this all digitally, right? Yeah, it's all completely digital. It's I don't hand draw any of it. It's that that's the look that I go for is to make it look like it's like cut out with pieces of paper and taped Mm -hmm. together and made with stickers. And that's like that's the look that I go for. So, um, yeah, so I hope I pulled that off, but. Oh yeah. 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 It's really precious. I love it. The egg gets me. (laughs) (laughs) The the nightmares people had when it came to, (laughs) to bunny day and trying to catch all the fish and then, nope, it's a water egg, you know? Yeah, the I only just... thing they're catching is sea bass or a 
a water egg. It's <laughs> true to life. <laughs> it, it's true life, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I just noticed, too, that CJ is holographic. He's like a special sticker. Yeah, yeah, he's he's hollow, yeah. I love it. It's so good. There's so many little details in it, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> And I, I'm also just noticing like the little triangle pattern in the grass too. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> that's so yeah. cool. And the background looks like it was made with like oil pastels or crayons or something. Like that sunset. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many good details. Yeah, yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about like your process? I know you actually sent me over. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? A time lapse? Yeah, a time lapse of you creating this. I have to share this with both of you and get it in this video too so people can see it. If you're listening, head to YouTube, check out this portion to see the time lapse. (laughs) Yeah, you sent me a time lapse. Can you tell um, listeners about like your process and how you go about making your art? Yeah, so um, the time lapse is like several several hours of work condensed into like a minute and a half so it looks like it's super easy because it goes so fast but I basically just start out with a really rough sketch of just getting my kind of ideas on the paper and um, because it's such a like a high quality image I can only work in so many layers so I kind of do it in different parts and then put it all together So I do like the background first and I do um, all the different pieces are separate. So like all the water is its own separate thing. Um, The tree is like its own separate thing. And then I add textures on top of it to make it look like paper. So I add that Mm kind of crinkled paper look onto the tree. And then I... um, I drew all of the characters all separately um, and I try to make them look pretty realistic and I go for like soft shadows. Um, I don't use any like hard lines on the, um, on the characters. Yeah. Um, I try to make them look pretty like soft and, and light and then I make them look like stickers and put the drop shadows down and peel up the edges and try to make them all look like flat. And then I put them mm-hmm. all together on the same page. And then I add more textures on top, like I add the streaks to make them kind of look a little shiny, like they're um, like the lights reflecting off of the shiny stickers. And I added the little pieces of tape. And it's really just a lot of... Um, working with different texture brushes mm. to make it look mm-hmm. like um, like crayon and to make it look like um, there's shadows underneath things, so to make it look like things are sticking on top of the page. And I'm really inspired by like um, the art style of games like Paper Mario and like mm. Yoshi's Crafted World and like Kirby's Epic Yarn and all those games that kind of look like they're made out of like craft supplies like they're Mm -hmm. made out of yarn and paper and clay and and i really just like that style and there is a digital style that's called um paper cut Mm. so you can like look that up and see art that is basically it's just supposed to look like layers of paper laid on top of each other Mm. um so that is like a style that people do but 
I am really inspired by like just that kind of crafty, that crafty look, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think you've nailed it for yeah. sure. Like I mm-hmm. said, it literally looks like you made it by hand. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess technically, but in, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sergio, what did you think of this one? Oh, I'm I'm completely with you. I I thought maybe this was put together like a photo of of something, I, and I wonder what what the the name of that sort of style or approach to art is. But I definitely thought it was that. And then to to learn that it's all digital, that's amazing. You definitely got the the look you were after. <laughs> it's like kid core kind of. Yeah, mm. it's so cute. <laughs> Yeah, we love it. Um, so I guess so you can let everybody know where where can they find your art and support what you're doing. Well, I just started posting um, my art to Twitter. I'm pretty new to Twitter, but I see that everybody else is on the Twitter game, so I had to get there too. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at two meg one four two, and then I also have two different Etsy shops, which uh, um, is two meg graphics. And then I have another shop, Bosco's Printables. So the first shop is more like um, Animal Crossing and video game related. And the second one is like for pet portraits and a lot of animal things. Hmm. And listeners can use the code HAKEN, H-A-K-E-N, for 10% off um, anything in my shops. um, Or just follow the links. And um, yeah, so... I love it. That's awesome. Thanks for Thank putting a code out yeah. there for all the listeners. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever been a code before. It's so yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. So official. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, yeah, uh, all the links are in the description for anybody who wants to check it out. But we're not done with you, Meg. We're going to have you here for the rest of the show to discuss some awesome things. So let's actually hop into getting to know you a little bit. That way... You know, we we have stuff to go off of here. We are, and I think the good place to start here is with your history with Animal Crossing. So, like, when did you start playing, and what game was your first? Yeah, my first game was the GameCube game. I picked it out of Blockbuster because I thought the cover was really cute, mm. and mm-hmm. then um, had to delete all my save data to make room for Animal Crossing because. <laughs> took up an entire memory card yeah so that was um that was an experience (laughs) um fell in love with it um and yeah so that was my first game and i haven't really been a huge fan of any of the handheld ones i don't know i just think the graphics are a little rough um i played a lot of city folk and uh, I I did play a little bit of New Leaf. I really couldn't get into it. I don't know why. I think I was just overwhelmed with all of the new content. Mm. And I I got back into it big time with New Horizons, though. I think another reason is because I could play on the television. Mm-hmm. But I um yeah, GameCube was the was the first game. Nice. <laughs> awesome. That's that's a wonderful place to start. Yeah. I'm, 
<laughs> so I, I love that first game. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I guess what was your history with art when I, I know you described it a little bit, I guess. When did you start? I've always pretty much been kind of a crafty person. I like making things. I've uh, I've always, for as long as I can really remember, liked drawing, liked doing any kind of art. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, since I was a little kid, really. Yeah. I, I took art lessons from the time I was in elementary school, been taking art lessons and... It's 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 never really been something I wanted to pursue like as a career, but it's mm-hmm. been something that I've always done like as a hobby. And I started more into like traditional media, doing a lot of. I did soft pastels for a long time. I did uh, oil painting. I recently got into watercolors. And my problem with the traditional media was always I never really had a dedicated workspace to put all my stuff and it's kind of a pain to have to you know mix all your paints and then (laughs) put everything out take all your brushes out and then I have to put it all away then once that layer dries bring it all back out again (laughs) and (laughs) then put it all away bring it all back out again and once I discovered like digital art as a media that just Oh, it was just so much easier. And I'm also a really impatient person when it comes to, like, <laughs> doing crafts and things. And I can just whip out things so much faster on an iPad than I can waiting days mm. for layers to dry <laughs> on a canvas. So it's, it's, it's just, mm-hmm. I just don't have the patience for that anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> that the undo button is so nice. I can double tap and then, you know, you make a mistake on ink and pen, then you're... You know, you just got to work around it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I recently got into the digital art, and it's been it's been really nice. So I've been able to do a lot of different stuff with it, and and yeah. So I've I've always really been into art. Do you have a favorite digital art program that you use? Oh, I use Procreate. Okay. On mm. the iPad. Yeah, I started actually with a a tablet that doesn't have a screen that connects to your computer and I felt like that was really holding me back because I I was doing like everything you have to do is like in a drop down menu yeah like to merge layers you have to click on a menu then click on another menu click on a drop down menu and everything is just like move like clicking with your mouse on different menus and I felt like the program I was using was just holding me back so much because it was so hard to learn and then Mm. on an iPad with Procreate it's so and I encourage anybody if you have an iPad it's it's like ten dollars and you pay one time and it's so easy to use Like, you do not have to spend any time learning this app at all. Everything is really intuitive. You just touch what you want to do, and it does it. And it it is just, it's so easy. It's it's so easy just to sketch things, draw things. There's tons of brushes. If you want to make something that looks like watercolor, you can do watercolor. If you want to oil paint, there's oil paint brushes. There's ink brushes. It's it's I can everything that I was doing with traditional media I can do and procreate. That's so cool. I need so, to learn how to do that. 
Yeah, it's it's so easy. It's it's really and and if you and if you have the background of knowing like how to draw and how to do art, then it I think those skills translate easily into digital art. Mm. Like you know how to do shading, you know how to draw shapes, you know, you know about your horizon lines and you know like different art techniques and stuff. So yeah. all of that all of that will translate into a tablet that's so cool yeah we're gonna have to get you a a tablet nina (laughs) i know one day (laughs) i hope i hope to (laughs) yeah um so a, a very important question here what who is your favorite villager okay my favorite current villager is kiki because i have a black cat and she reminds me of her yeah (laughs) but otherwise i did like chuck wait which one is chuck chuck was a um a bull he was a cranky oh yes yeah, he was in the GameCube game. I think I don't know if he was in Wild War, mm. but I know he was in the GameCube game. Was he one of your first villagers? Is that why? Yeah, he you... was one of my first yeah. villagers, and he was like the only villager that I really talked to, and that I really Aww. have a clear memory of. That's from awesome. that far back. I just remember wow. Chuck. He had like a purple out, purple shirt, and he had the green, like the green furniture set. And he had KK Blues playing in his house. And I just have such clear, I have a very clear memory of like going into his house and walking around and waiting for him to leave so I can go in his house. (laughs) And he would yell at me. And I just, I just remember Chuck like really well. And I wish that he was around still. So yeah, yeah, he's the only villager that I remember from my GameCube days. Hmm. Maybe they'll bring him back one day. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, oh, I was just thinking today about like all the villagers they could bring back. Still, there's too many. <laughs> <laughs> you were just saying uh, the other day that you only want twenty total, Joy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they sh- maybe those should just be the twenty. Just the ones that never came back. <laughs> just those twenty. That's oh it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Sergio, I'm gonna save the most important question for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So, Meg, what is your favorite KK Slider song? Okay, I'm kind of I'm kind of tied between I do like KK Blues because of the nostalgia factor with Chuck. Right. But I also really like Stale Cupcakes. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. I think the title is so depressing. <laughs> like like what could be worse than a stale cupcake? And the cover art is great. Yes. And the yeah. the tune is just it's so like I don't know, it's so it's so nice to listen to. It is a good Love one. It. Yeah. <laughs> great options. Great yeah. options. All right. Um uh, well yeah, it's nice getting to know you. Um but let's let's keep going with the show here. Uh, the first thing we want to talk about is something that has happened quite a while ago, but somehow we keep not getting to this or talking about it. But there are some new monthly custom icons on the Nintendo Switch. If you have ever looked at the Switch home screen menu and wondered, why have they added this Nintendo Switch Online button on here? 
that doesn't match any of the other buttons, what is the point of it? Well, if you click on it now and head over to Missions and Rewards, you can actually see that there are a bunch of new icon options available there. They are all downloadable through Platinum Points, which means... I'm sorry, you're probably going to have to start getting into some Nintendo mobile game in order to get a regular mm. supply of them and spend them here. Um, I recommend Fire Emblem, personally. It's the easiest one to get Platinum Points in <laughs> after a while, and it is also the kindest on your wallet, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Pocket Camp is not very kind on the wallet. Um, but that said... Platinum points, you typically earn them through the mobile games, but there are some options through the Nintendo Switch Online app now that will tell you how to get some points. So if you check that out there, you'll be able to see them. But the biggest, coolest thing that they are doing with these icons is every single month, they are giving us the villagers that have birthdays within that month. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, uh, we really should have talked about this sooner. The March ones, the birthdays, the villagers who had birthdays in March are now gone. I'm sure they will reappear next March, but you'll have a year Hopefully. to wait. But April has just released. April villagers are now live, and there, there's some pretty cool ones in there. There is Tab's mortal enemy, Cephalobot. <laughs> Once trapped there, uh, Nina's absolute favorite pig in the whole wide world, Rasher. No, you need need her in your life, uh, or need Rasher in your life. I mean, um, so yeah. I mean, if you have looked at any of the villagers and you like them, the ones that are in April, Punchy is a yeah. real popular one there. I'm partial to Melba. I love, I love the Melba. Little... She's so yes, cute. love her. <laughs> I am partial to the koalas. I can't help yes, it. They're so adorable. Yes. But yeah, there are a bunch of cool ones. They have new backgrounds, new frames, and there's also some Splatoon 2 icons now. I think this month we'll have a lot of Splatoon 2 ones. Last month had a bunch of Super Mario Odyssey icons along with the Animal Crossing ones. But I, oh, I love this about Animal Crossing. Just the fact that all the villagers have birthdays. This works perfectly for it. So every yeah. month is like... Yes, you're waiting for your vill favorite villager's birth month to get them. Yes. Um, this, oh, I, I have been changing my icon on the daily now. Every single day I look up what villager's birthday it is and I change my icon specifically what? to them. How are so, your platinum points holding out though? I just hit zero, so not well. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I've got to play Fire Emblem. And yeah. I might have to go and dig into uh, Pocket Camp again. That's going to be a pain, but <laughs> it's okay. We love Pocket Camp here. It's all things Animal Crossing. <laughs> are Platinum Points like the expensive ones, or are those the gold points? Uh, the gold points are the ones you get by spending money on games. So mm -hmm. when you buy a, a Switch game, a 3DS game, a Wii U game, you get gold points. But Platinum okay. points are just by playing the game. So uh, for Pocket Camp, for example, you'll get 30 Platinum points for helping 10 villagers. You'll get, um, is it 10 or 30? No, I think it's 30. You'll get 50 for helping 
I forget how many villagers, 50 villagers, I believe. And then you'll get 100 platinum points for helping 100 villagers. And that's wow. just doing their little task thing. It takes a while. You mm-hmm. actually have to commit some time to, to the game to get it. Um, Fire Emblem... I mean, maybe it's easier for me because I have been playing that for a while and I have a lot of strong characters and can just like really go through a bunch of chapters. But every chapter you beat in that game, you get a hundred platinum points and I just put it on autoplay. It plays itself and then I have points (laughs) at the end. So it's pretty quick, especially with the strong units that I have. I got a bunch of five stars now. So that's why it's probably easier for me. You may take a little bit longer on that one, but once it ramps up, like you're, you're good to go with fire emblem. Um, so that's always my backup points. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll go wild and get about a thousand points or something. (laughs) Um, you get a lot of points. You get a lot of points for connecting all your social media accounts too, but I know you can only do that once. But yes, if, you, if, you're, that, if you're just starting, then that's good. Very, very good point. Yeah, if you have not touched any of these games, like touch them a little bit. <laughs> go, go and get your social <laughs> media accounts connected because I think that's just a hundred right away. So mm. yeah, uh, thank you for mentioning that. That's a good, good point. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, anybody who's interested in these, I recommend checking them out. There are some missions that will already exist within that. I think right now they want you to play Super Metroid on one of the apps. Um, a bit ago, it was um, the original Super Mario Bros. So yeah, you play some games. You literally just like turn it on and then flip it off and it's done. Like I, I tested it out. It's a real quick That's little awesome. mission thing in order. And I think you get 50 platinum points for that so it's quick okay (laughs) it's quick and easy um and then every week they also have like oh your games are backed up on the cloud or um you've logged in to the e-shop like it's all really easy stuff um they don't give you a lot of points but you know if you keep up with it over time you should have a good amount to get at least the characters you really want that's awesome yeah so that is the new icons. Go check them out. I love them. You'll love them. I literally had a friend text me the other day, and they're like, we're just marveling at your icon. How did you do that? And then I <laughs> called them right back to say, like, go do this right now. They're about to expire. <laughs> and the cute backgrounds you can make, too. Yes. Oh, there's so much to them. I love them. Mm-hmm. I'm, and now they have Splatoon ones. I love Splatoon, so I'm going to be broke on platinum points for a while. That's okay. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, let's move into our main and last topic for today. I mean, it's going to be a big one. We're going to talk about accessibility in Animal Crossing and just like Nintendo games in general, too, because that is a big thing that is, at least I feel like a lot of other companies are doing a lot better than Nintendo. Right. Xbox especially, like they have so many different projects going to make games more widely available and accessible to all sorts of different people with different needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to Meg, I want to thank you for coming up with this little topic. And Nina, I want to thank you for all the research you put into <laughs> these things. So Nina, you're probably the best one to turn to here since you got so much information on this topic. 
Well, I don't. I actually want to ask to Meg. Sorry for putting you on the spot, but what made you um, come up with your idea for this topic? Well, first of all, I just want to say I am not in any way disabled or have any like r- real needs. Um, but I was just thinking about like myself um, when I play Animal Crossing. Like I have a hard time. Like seeing at nighttime, for example, mm-hmm. like at like the game at night. So I like mm. time travel to daytime so that I can see the textures a little bit better, um, just kind of see stuff better. And I, I was just thinking, like, why can't I have an option to go into the settings and turn the brightness up, turn the gamma up and like be able to adjust that a little more? And like, why can't. Why doesn't the Switch have, like, a zoom function, which apparently it does. I didn't know about. I think it does. Am I right? I think it's yeah, a viewer can... function. Um, they added it. I forget. It was a while ago now, but it was definitely something that wasn't at launch. And it's something right. you still have to go into the menu to turn on. But um, basically, you can double-click the home button, and it will allow you to zoom in on yeah. the game. Yeah, it just made me think that, like, like the Switch is like console doesn't have like an accessibility like option like my PlayStation yeah. I can go into the settings and there's a there's an option under settings that says accessibility options and you can go in there and turn on text to speech you can change the text size which I do I make it bigger I turn in the, the turn on the zoom option so that I can like see things better and that just made me think about well like what about other people that like you know, maybe have mobility issues or are really visually impaired or maybe have, um, you know, are hard of hearing or like, you know, how is Nintendo, um, you know, working to make their games accessible to people that have different needs? Yeah. Especially. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just, especially in a game like Animal Crossing that is so text-based, yeah. If, if you can't see the letters, you really can't play. I mean, not well, at least, or not as in-depth. So, yeah, you, you're bring, bringing up some really interesting points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I just, um, you know, I just, I just think there's a lot that they can do that, you know, other companies are, are just doing a lot more. I think as mm-hmm. far as like, you know, Xbox has a whole specific controller that they make that you can buy. Um, that's, you know, that's completely different than your typical controller. Um, like I said, like PlayStation, Xbox, they have a, they have a whole section of, of all kinds of accessibility options, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and Nintendo doesn't have that on their, on their home menu. I can't, I can't go and make the text larger. I can't do text to speech if I can't hear, if I can't read, I can't see. You know, they don't they don't have any of that. I mean, they are doing some things which I found which I found out about that I didn't know about, um which we can get into. But um yeah, it's just I don't know. I just it just made me think because I just it it, it I just got frustrated with not being able to do things for myself in that game. Like I yeah. just, all, like all I want to do is turn the brightness up a little bit, and I, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> I, can, I can do that playing Minecraft. Like I do, right. I, I turn it up to a hundred percent so I don't need torches when I'm going in the caves. 
you know, like oh, I, nice. I kind of, I kind of exploit that a little bit, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like I just, that's all I'm asking for. And it seems to be mostly with a lot of first party Nintendo games that don't give you like those kind of access yeah. to the settings. And I don't know why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that is either. We're going to, we're going to get into a couple articles here and it, Honestly, it doesn't seem like anybody knows, which is a little upsetting, especially because of how international Nintendo is. I know for a while they weren't that international, but they are now. So I think it's something that they're going to need to look in going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, I've seen a lot of reviewers point out a lot more and kind of it's got it's getting to the point where they're starting to dock nintendo on these points because Mm. you know that's the that's the place where it's going to be very visible to them like what do people think of the games what are people saying in these reviews and stuff and just you know making it obvious and clear that like they need to start changing things up to at least give people the options to enjoy the games in the best way they can. Um, I I recently got to write an article about Celeste for Patch Magazine, and the the way that game is handled is so it's so what's the what's the word for it? it it's just very kind. I'd say it's very knowledgeable about like what it's trying to do and even the way it um addresses its difficulty setting because often a difficulty setting is like they they put it like easy medium hard kind of thing whereas like it could really just be looked at as a better difficulty setting for you like what is the best difficulty Uh, setting for you like it doesn't need to yeah yeah, what is the good fit for you right and celeste does that by saying this game is designed to provide this type of experience and if you can't experience it the way it's intended here are some options for you to help you get there. Um, so, you know, you can adjust the game to fit the the challenge that will help you connect with the story that it's going for, because it really is about like mental health and struggling over those things. And if you, and under, and kind of creating an awareness of like, here is the struggle that people face when dealing with things like anxiety and how how difficult it can be to get over and that that the gameplay is like built around that in such a way that it's really nice for them to address that and make it so other people can change the game and make it a story they connect to in that sense Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um so so yeah i guess nina i'll let you take it away from here and kind of give us some things that nintendo has said or what's going on in the background here okay um, so the first article that I have pulled um, is a Game Informer accessibility article um, written by Javi Gwaltney. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, and it was written on May 15th, 2019. Um, and I'm pretty sure the title to this one is The Fight to Make Games Accessible for Everyone. So they kind of go into how different companies are approaching accessibility these, these days and how well, you know, companies like Microsoft and, and what Xbox 
are mm-hmm. doing that? Or are they the same? No, they're not the same, uh, right? Xbox and PlayStation. There you go. Xbox and PlayStation. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And then they get an official statement from Nintendo after some prodding. And this is their official statement. It says, Nintendo products offer a range of accessibility features, such as haptic and audio feedback, menu designs using grayscale motion controls, the option to invert colors, and innovative gameplay. In addition, Nintendo software and hardware developers are always looking for ways to be inclusive of all gamers and, and... are actively evaluating different technologies to expand accessibility options in current and future products, Um, which is kind of a by-the-book answer. Um, And like we were talking about earlier, I I don't know if I have seen a lot of these options that they list here in this little paragraph. Um, Maybe it's I'm not looking hard enough, but and maybe it's only certain games that offer these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of kind of a cold answer to me. Um, the The article goes on to say the Switch is now two years old. In that time, talented gamers have managed on their own to create peripherals that make the Switch more playable for those with certain physical disabilities, and concur up or conquer up workarounds to make the Xbox adaptive controller usable with the Switch. However, outside of an update in late April, oh, wait, here we go, that added a Zoom feature for those with visual disabilities, Nintendo has made no public movement on the accessibility front. Um, so we're going to see in another article, too, that a lot of people really are kind of creating their own way to play Nintendo. Like, they'll have to, like, you know, 3D print their own controller or or try yeah. and use someone else's controller with the Switch. But Nintendo really doesn't make it easy to use devices right, that are right. not Nintendo <laughs> devices. So, um, and then I think there was like no further comment from Nintendo in that article at all. Um, mm-hmm. So they really do seem to be behind some of these other companies. What do yeah. you guys think? Yeah, yeah, I Sergio, don't. I, I don't you like. Oh, sorry. Go for oh, it. No, <laughs> I, I just gonna say I don't. I don't see any of these things listed. I don't. I cannot think of where any of this stuff is is introduced. Yeah. Besides, maybe <laughs> some very specific games. Mhm. Mhm. The specific one. Like... The specific one I've seen is there's an option to lock the colors in Splatoon. And it's mostly for That's you know right. color blindness, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've seen yeah. that option in Uno too. You can do different okay. colors, but yeah. besides like some very specific like examples, yeah. I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen any others, Sergio? I mean, in something like Rocket League, they definitely take that into account for colorblind. You can change the size of the icons on the cars in the text, like. They have a lot of options, uh, but yeah, that's not a Nintendo first-party game. And yeah, they, I I agree. I feel like they're behind. Maybe they focus too much on on gameplay because that's one of Nintendo's biggest qualities for sure. But yeah, they're definitely lagging behind on accessibility. Mm-hmm. A lot of these articles that I was skimming through mentioned that Nintendo seems to be more focused on like 
gameplay for all. You know, they they have all these commercials that show different ages mm-hmm. playing instead of like different capabilities playing. So they do have a lot of those games where like you can turn it on those easy modes or like those, you know, fit to you modes like you were talking about, Chewy. So I mm-hmm. wonder if, if that's just kind of the road they're trying to go down instead of, you know, accessibility <laughs> for all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the road they've been down for a long time to the point where, you know, one of the biggest conversations around their latest release, Kirby, is like, oh, Kirby's pretty easy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. That's how people kind of discuss Kirby. And I I don't know, it's still like not really addressing some of the other, well, like any of the other needs that people might have to enjoy a game. Right. Yeah. So I, I wanted to show just in contrast, um, <laughs> Sea of Thieves' webpage, who's created by Rare, um, has an entire page dedicated to accessibilities. I, I could not mm-hmm. find one on Nintendo's page, um, but if anyone can, please you know link it to us somewhere. But their accessibilities page, well, first of all, their official statement, let me read you this. It says... Accessibility is important to us. Whether the gap between capability and the expectations of an experience is permanent, temporary, or situational, everyone can benefit from more accessible, inclusive experiences. Since the Sea of Thieves' launch in March 2018, at least 39 of our updates as of September 2021 have contained accessibility improvements or entirely new features in addition to the many accessibility features that were included at launch. As with any other part of our evolving experience, we strive to continually build and improve on features to make Sea of Thieves more accessible, inclusive game. Whether it's refining our systems for better narration, ensuring new experiences are accessible by design, or taking feedback and listening to players, we're always working to improve Sea of Thieves for everyone. And I just think, like, the tone between the two official statements mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, especially, like, so personal. Especially the taking feedback and listening to players' part. Yeah. Never, like, never hear that out of Nintendo. Right? <laughs> Nintendo's like, you, we make games and you'll like them. <laughs> Which we usually do, but I just thought this was so interesting. And it's hard. It's kind of comparing apples to oranges because Sea of Thieves and Rare are a much smaller company than Nintendo. But I just think that this kind of personal touch and like heart is so important when making these games. Mm-hmm. On yeah. their webpage, <laughs> the same accessibility webpage. They also have little sub pages to show everything that you can do if you need to. So like they have these, I'm going to just list out these bullet points. They have input and navigation, which can like change your controller or key bindings or even like how your little avatar moves. You can change the audio, you know, you can change it to mono or have it narrated to you. There's tons of options in the communications um, with other players because it's an online game, there's an automatic translator for many um, many languages or a text-to-speech option. There's haptic feedback 
kind of like with what um, Nintendo was saying, you can you can like adjust adjust your controller settings to how you want them, mm-hmm. and just visually, there's you know full screen menus or color blind mode. You can change the contrast, or there can be camera delay like in the movement. So not only do they have that incredible statement on accessibility, they then also list you everything that you can change in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Nintendo cool. doesn't do that at all. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different thing. Um, it was making me think of a, a fun little... <sighs> Nintendo does like these weird... They make strange decisions to adjust those types of things. For example, the other day I learned from Steve over on Flipscreen Games um, that the, the ports or I guess like the virtual console games on the Wii U, uh, if you've ever played any of them, they're they're all kind of dark. Like mm. the, the lighting was reduced in all of them. And apparently, Steve told me, I, I forget what game, it might have been Ocarina of Time, but there's like a few flashes, like quick flashes at the beginning of that game that ha- it's possible that they can like set off a seizure or, oh some, or something in somebody. Mm. And the the darkening of their emulation was done to reduce that effect. Like there's oh. one flash at the beginning of that game and the overall the games are darker just to like right, not right. create that issue, right? Mm. But, you know, while they they make these decisions and kind of try to make them as a whole for everybody, it's still like they they don't give people the option to change it at, mm. like themselves, you know? And I think that goes the I don't know, that that just goes to show like they're not really working around trying to appeal to every player they're kind of just trying to make a one size fits all solution mm. where in some cases it's fine yes like that's definitely an important thing to do and address but in the other is like it's when there is something important to address they're not quite getting there you know yeah yeah i feel um, like a lot of these changes should be left up to like the developer of the game yeah mm-hmm. you Instead know of the like, console yeah i mean the console definitely should have you know options you know to move around within like the menu but like like rare is I, i'm that's like a, a developer right and they develop cfc's and that's their game so mm-hmm. like whoever mm-hmm is the dev team that's working on the game should also be working on those accessibility features, you know, for the game they're working on. It shouldn't just be like, you know, big Nintendo. I think it, that should be Mm. a point of who's developing those games. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, in some cases, in most cases, that is how it happens. Rare is a studio owned by Microsoft, so they do like make things for Xbox and stuff. But yeah, like Nintendo, the bulk of uh, until the Switch, I'd say the bulk of the games that went to Nintendo consoles were Nintendo made games, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, even internally within those, like, they're not they're not doing a whole lot to address accessibility. 
That's true. And that's why all the first party Nintendo games don't have any of those options is because they're all Nintendo games. <laughs> you know, like I can play yeah. Minecraft on the Switch because that's not in the first party Nintendo game. So, yeah. And you probably have all those options. Honestly, I, Xbox does a great job. The Xbox bought <laughs> Minecraft. and Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just the fact, like, you know, Nina, you took us through, like, an actual page here where they're discussing accessibility and everything. Like, that makes me feel like that's a big pillar to what Xbox does in game design and when they're creating things. Like, they put that at the forefront they make it visible and because it is they the developers that work on their games have a team that's dedicated to improving that right. and doing research and development around those those um you know just needs yeah yeah and that's nice that's like leading leading by example i guess mhm mm. well another article that i pulled is from the washington post um, and it was written by Grant Stoner on April 21st, 2020. Um, and it's all about Nintendo accessibility, which I, I was floored by. I couldn't believe I found this article and pretty easily, too. Um, so just to give a little background on Grant Stoner, the author, he says in the article, at 13th month, 13 months old, I was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy type 2 a neuromuscular disorder that progressively weakens my muscles. As a lifelong gamer, I've both praised and lamented the accessibility of varying systems. Each new console generation came with the brutal realization that I might not be able to participate alongside my able-bodied peers, which has just got to be so discouraging. <laughs> like, if you get really pumped right. for a game to come out, and then you find out that that's one of the games that doesn't have accessibilities, you either have to give up on it, or or I guess you have to start working to find how you can play it, or make your own workarounds. Um, you know, which necessity is the mother of invention, but <laughs> it shouldn't have to be. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Um. He goes on to say, when I first purchased the Nintendo Switch, I failed to complete the intro sequence into The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is like just getting out of a cave. I was frustrated, and my initial reaction was to dismiss the system as entirely inaccessible. And yet, after months of personal research and interacting with the disability community, I was surprised to learn of its flexibility, the Switch's flexibility. With a total of five presets that can be saved per controller, per system, players can create a total of 15 unique layouts to accommodate their physical limitations. So now he's talking about how you can change the Joy-Cons um, like control systems, which is super interesting. I did not know about this. And I had so no he's, idea. yeah, he's, he's using it, you know, I guess not in handheld mode. But he's able to change up these controllers so that his his hands um, are able to use them more easily. I I wonder where you do this. I mean, this must be in the main menu somewhere, right? I guess. Yeah. But where? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I thought I thought I knew my switch pretty well, but I don't know right? where you go for these options. Unless it's know. unless it's again per game, um, 
but it, mm-hmm. it's I think so the only thing I've seen is like there is a bit of button mapping, mm. but I let's see when was this article? Mm. I think it was available around then. I forget when they added this, but it's definitely something that was added later. Okay. okay. Um, here, I'll keep going with the article because it's a good article. I suggest everyone <laughs> <laughs> reads it. He continues and says, admittedly, a fully constructed Switch tablet, the portable option with the controllers called Joy-Cons attached to their screens, offers little in terms of accessibility. At just over 4 by 9 inches, the tablet may be too bulky for physically disabled gamers to pro- properly grasp. And some players may struggle to reach the top bumpers on each Joy-Con. However, the small tablet can also be disconnected from the controllers and propped up on a kickstand. The flexibility of this tabletop mode of play is the Switch's primary selling point for the physically disabled, who may struggle to hold items. In this mode, disabled individuals can place the system on a table, tray, or shelf, which is suitable for their height. Um, and then he goes on and talks about what I mentioned earlier, that Nintendo's incompatibility, incompatibility with non-licensed products makes it so hard for anyone um, to, to use, you know, accessible controllers. So in the article, he talks about a friend who 3D printed his own modifications for the Joy-Cons, which worked because the Joy-Cons obviously are going to work with the Switch but talks about how they were trying to figure out a way to plug in one of the accessibility keyboards and it, it wasn't reading and it, it just wasn't working correctly. Um, so that's one of the, the drawbacks to working with Nintendo, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I've even had problems like charging a 3DS with a non-Nintendo Plug. Right, you guys right. ever did yeah. had that happen? Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And there was even like the case um, very early on in the Switch's lifespan where uh, people were trying third-party docks and those docks mm. were bricking consoles, basically making them unusable. Oh, and so ever since then, I've just been like, nope, official dock only yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, like, there's so many little issues that, I mean, personally, big issue, big issues if your entire console is getting destroyed by using a third-party thing to just do a simple mechanic, right? That's right. the Switch is known for. So, yeah, so many things that just don't work with the Nintendo ecosystem just because Nintendo is very... Uh, protective of their yeah, hardware good work. and things. So it it turns into an issue for that goes beyond the, just I don't know what they're trying to protect at this point. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the article then goes on to list like some popular Nintendo games that that work really well with modifiers that he lists. Um. Unfortunately, though, Animal Crossing is not on that list, <laughs> which I also thought was super interesting. <laughs> I believe um, it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't know. I. Uh, it's a good article. So go read 
actually both of these articles were super interesting. Um, and give us your thoughts, I guess. I, I ugh. this is a world <laughs> that I'm just dipping my toes into and I like want more. <laughs> I, I want to learn more so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an incredible thing. There's luckily a lot of like good people out there putting in good work to make it yeah. known and everything. So it's that that I'm happy about. But yeah, I guess uh, this is a good place to turn the conversation into kind of what we would hope could improve from Animal Crossing and what features could be implemented to make it a more accessible game. So maybe we'll just go, you know, one at a time with things that we would like to see. Uh, Sergio, do you want to, or actually Meg, you're our guest. Would you like to kick us off here? Sure. So I have um, a specific example that I remember um, when the game launched and people were trying to catch the mole cricket. And so that is the cricket that is underground and you have to listen for where it is and then dig it up with your shovel. And I can remember being on like my Facebook groups and people were posting like, how do you catch this? And people were commenting, well, you know, you have to listen for it. And people were replying, well, I'm like hard of hearing. I'm deaf. Um, I, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? Mm. And it was, it was great that like people were able to help each other and invite people over to their islands and help them catch it or ask oh, relatives. Wow. And, and so we were, there was like a period of time where everybody was like inviting each other over to like help people who were hard of hearing like catch the mole cricket <laughs> and I was just thinking like you know that something has to be done about that because what if yeah. you can't hear there's no way you can catch this bug um mm-hmm. so I think having an option to either turn on like a vibration or have some kind of visual cue mm. to help you catch that bug because that that little bug's like a problem if it you can't is. hear it if you can't hear it yeah. That's such a, that's such a like bittersweet story and example of this because like on the one hand you have this community that's so willing to go and help people out but on the other it's like we're helping out on a problem that's just so unfortunate, right. you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm glad people were out there and helping each other with the mole cricket for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the visual cues good. is definitely like, oh, like even if your character, I, I, I've been kind of thinking of the, um, the, the new polishing that we got through the Happy Home Paradise, <gasps> oh. you know, and the little wiggly lines that we can get. Like mm-hmm. e- even if your character started to like get those little lines around their <laughs> ears or something just yeah. to offer a visual cue, that would be a really good way to address that. Or if they like yeah. looked in the direction or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there, there's some examples that I've brought up, and maybe I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but some examples where I'm like, I get that people would be a little bit against this because it breaks the kind of the, the world that they've built to be immersed into, but I, I guess I'll say it. So like terraforming, right? Mm-hmm. Or digging a hole. Like just the fact that like sometimes you'll try to dig up a spot and then you completely miss and dig something else up. Right. Like I've, why isn't there an option to toggle on like a little indicator where you're going to oh, dig yes. if you were to oh. dig, you know, Stardew Valley style that one. <laughs> yeah, I would like a text uh, indicator, a tile indicator. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Sergio, you can go next here. Yeah, and this one really hits, hits home for me. I wish Nintendo and Animal Crossing specifically had more custom text and background bubble colors. Uh, for those of you that play New Leaf, you might remember that the background of text messages for when you were talking to villagers was dark. It was like a darker color and the font was white. So it was like inverted as of what we have in New Horizons. And to me, that is super convenient. Whenever I can, any device that allows me to invert colors to have white text on a black background i can read like that all day and i'm really glad that new leaf had that scheme honestly i don't know if i would have played as much new leaf if it was like new horizons is with a white background and black text because to me that's really hard to read Um, especially on a handheld like the 3ds it didn't have the best screens like we have now but that's very easy to fix. Nintendo could just have, even if it's just two schemes, like they have two themes, right? Uh, dark and light. If they had two schemes for the color of text in the background bubbles uh, when you're talking to villagers, that would be super convenient. Uh, other games allow you to fully customize, you know, I want this color for the background and I want this color for the text. That's cool. But at least have you know, two or three different options for people with th- that find a certain way easier to read. Mm-hmm. That seems like it'd be an easy fix, too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And more than ever, I feel like they, they could really use that Nook phone in so many ways that they don't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, oh. you know, just like give us an options menu in that yeah. Nook phone. Let us change. Let us alter the world a little bit so mm. it fits us better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina, what's yours? I think like an auto run or auto fish or auto pave ability would be great, mm. so that you don't have to keep pressing the same button over and over again. Um, in case that's tiring or in case it's hard to do, um, then you can just kind of press it once and and be going in the direction you'd want to go or you know it it kind of takes fishing is tricky like i i don't know I, that one's i'm a little i'm a little torn on that one because it's supposed to be not too easy to fish but you know if someone literally can't do it um how are they going to get all the fish for their museum so an auto fish um option would be super interesting too and then for auto paving like if you're if you know you're going to be paving in a straight line just let your person keep going in that straight line until you want to stop them i think Mm -hmm. that'd be super helpful because so much of animal crossing is very repetitive movements yeah the cozy grove the fishing in that Mm. um i could do that with my eyes closed and my ears plugged if I if oh. I if mm. I did not have the ability to do either of those, I could fish in that game. Mm. Like you throw out your line, and it will vibrate when the fish is ready mm-hmm. to get. Like mm. there's not little vibrations leading up to it. It's just the one vibration to mm. indicate. And so like I can completely walk in another room and not know what's going on and catch a fish. And I have wanted that in Animal Crossing since the moment I played that. <laughs> yeah. And I have to close my eyes to fish really well. So <laughs> if someone yeah. can't hear, they they don't get that advantage. Right, I, right. 
Hmm, it's so interesting, these little things that, you know, it's, a lot of people just don't even have to think of because, you know, they, they're they convenienced with, um, you know, abilities that some people just don't have. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meg, what's your next one? Um, I would say the ability to just adjust all of the different sound volumes, the sound effect, the music, mm. the ambient noise, the speech mm. volume. First of all, I would just love that for my convenience because I, I the waterfalls are way too loud. Yeah. I <laughs> want to be able to hear the music. But also I know there are people that use like hearing aid devices and sometimes when you use those or even without using those, it's hard to distinguish different sounds and the sound is all blurred and maybe it would be easier for you to you know turn down all of one kind of noise and maybe just have the music up or turn down all the music and just have the sound effect volume and maybe that would help you you know be able to distinguish the sounds better you know if you have any kind of you know hearing um impairments so Mm -hmm. You know, I would I would love that just because I think those waterfalls are so loud. But yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. also for accessibility purposes, I think you should be able to adjust the sound. I have all kind of audio, yeah, um, audio adjustment mm-hmm. options. Yeah, I'm gonna double up on this one. This was definitely one I wanted to talk about too. And uh, I've heard so many complaints about the waterfall sounds. I know now so much more than ever that people do have a lot of sensitivity to sound and being able to just like drop that volume a few notches to make it better. Um, But uh, there's also... I got to speak with a friend recently. Their video's not out quite yet, but I'm really excited about what they've discovered. But they were are specifically doing a video on um, how villagers change your town tune. So, you know, ah. when you speak to a villager or a character and everything, there's little alterations. Maybe they play it with a different instrument. They kind of change the cadence of the tune a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um they, they do all these changes, but one of the biggest things that he ran into with working on it is just how hard it is to get that audio cue very, like, hearable, you know? Um, mm. And I the, the only advice I could give him was like, all right, so build your place up to the third level because the music is reduced when you're on the third level kind of like it is on the beach but you don't have the crashing waves to like get into that sound it's mostly like wind sound and that's probably the cleanest you're gonna get but like even when you do that like the villagers animalese also cuts in and um so there's like a lot of little sound cues that dig that don't allow you to hear that little jingle quite as well as you want to um, so, I mean, selfishly, that's like, you know, content creator thing, but like beyond that, like there are just so many benefits to being able to control the audio and make it better for mm-hmm. your experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a good one to point out. Yeah. Think about people that have like sensory issues, like they, yes. can, they don't want to hear that noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, recently, uh, bringing up Patch Magazine again that I'm lucky to <laughs> get to write for, um, somebody's working on an article that is all about accessibility in games and things. And apparently, um, Nina, what you were describing where um, you get kind of seasick with the original Animal Crossing because of how the acre system moves, mm -hmm. apparently among women, that issue is a lot more common. Really? Yeah, like that's something that happens a lot more um, for women than other groups of people. So, Aww. so yeah, like there's the and Animal Crossing is of course one of those games that draws in a larger female audience and stuff. So it can, I, I mean, the lucky part there is that like it's one of the few Nintendo games that's directed by a woman, yeah. Ayakyo Goku, and so I'm sure it comes in with a lot of awareness and insight that unfortunately doesn't exist in a lot of the industry you know a lot of voices yeah. that are kept out of that conversation mm. so um yeah just an, another thing to point out but it was a really interesting thing that i'd learned so oh well, send I'd us the article it. when it's finished <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll let you all know <laughs> um sergio what's your next one here the next one is pretty broad and it would be a little bit difficult to implement, but it, at the same time, it would also cover a lot of accessibility ranges and it would be something like a repeat option. And I guess this would work better in some games than in others, but let's think about Animal Crossing. If, if let's say you're trying to catch a balloon and it's almost going away and basically you, maybe you are uh, not able to control the game as much as you wish you could uh, and you're not able to get the balloon and, and basically you have to miss out. That's currently how things are. But if we had like a repeat option, maybe the game could pop up a little window and say, oh, you missed the balloon. Would you like to try again? And mm. it could rewind time, maybe like a couple of seconds. So you can try a couple more times. Um, you know, there would have to be sort of an honor system type of approach to this. I mean, it, it depends. It's up to you, of course, if you just want to repeat things and you are fully able, but you want to just repeat it, that's fine. But yeah, I think like this could be a good approach so that people don't miss out on very specific things or fish that are very difficult to catch or bugs. So just things like that, things that you can repeat if you happen to miss it because of a disability. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great because there are some, there are a few of those very like time sensitive things in Animal right. Crossing. Right. And I can tell you, oh my goodness, uh, the UFO in Wild World <laughs> in City Full is a pain. I had trouble getting it. Yeah. I, a lot of people had a lot of trouble getting it. And so something like I can only imagine if you have other needs that make it e that much more difficult because uh -huh. that on its own is so difficult. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm for it, Sergio. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Repeat option. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Nina, what's your next one? Um, kind of going along with that uh, villager text and everything. You know, this is a very text-heavy game. Um, and so I think it'd be really cool if they added some sort of either text-to-speech abilities or even voice acting for the villagers. Um, so they're, they're not just speaking in animalese, which, you know, you can keep on if it's nostalgic for you. But <laughs> for those who aren't able to read or see the text, um, or for little kids who just can't read yet, 
um, I think that text to speech could be really interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even just Nintendo going the extra mile and finally implementing some voice acting into games too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think in the past I never looked at voice acting as an accessibility option, but now I'd say it a hundred percent is like Mm -hmm. it allows anybody with visual disabilities to at least be able to hear it, you know, and yeah, kind of vice versa too. Like if you're have a heavily voice acted experience through your games, like Make sure there's some text in there <laughs> yeah, for absolutely. people to read if yeah. they can't hear it. So, mm-hmm. And not just for the dialogue, but even like for the menu options could be text-to-speech. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so many little things that can, I don't know, yeah, just be made more accessible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being able uh, to choose your language text. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know? <laughs> Why mm-hmm. can't you choose your language? Like, make it. I not recommend. English. I recommend everybody play the Breath of the Wild in Latin American Spanish. That voice acting, phenomenal. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, it's the best one. All right, <laughs> Sergio. Did you? What do you think of that one? No, I'm. I'm curious about it too. I thought I thought the voice acting in that one was really good. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I was like, as soon as they added the feature where you could change them, right, I right. went through and I was like, oh. which one do I like the best? <laughs> and that one had me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of looking really quickly, I think your, your last one was that same thing, text-to-speech, right, Meg? Yeah. Yeah. Um, then I'll I'll jump in here and just to add text size, like just oh, give yes. us some text size options too. because so, uh, I have very good vision, <laughs> and even some of those games I'm just like, what what is that? <laughs> what are you <laughs> trying to tell me here? Um, so yeah, some some of the text sizes on the Switch are not great, and yeah. they they could be bigger, <laughs> especially in handheld, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sergio, I think you had one more. One more, yes. And this goes back to one of yours, Nina, about the auto running, auto diving. There definitely should be an auto rock hitting option. Oh yeah. Because you know, not everyone can mash the button as as much as it. I know we mash it more than we need to. It's more about timing. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you just gotta mash it as much as you can. In some people cannot do that and you know they shouldn't have to miss out on more bells or items so th- that'll be a, a simple and easy one to implement i think yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i like that one yeah. i do <laughs> yeah and then nina i think you had a couple more to close us out right yeah my last two are kind of silly but I-, I thought it'd be really cool if if there was a stroll function like if you had a path laid in a circle around your town your player would like auto walk kind of slowly around so that you could get like, you know, take in your venue or, or even in the museum do the same kind of thing. Like if you were walking along a certain route at, on the museum, then your character would just keep going on that path. So you could kind of take everything in without having to worry about where your character is going. Kind of like the horses in breath of the wild. They do that. If you're on the path, they keep following it, which is so nice. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. I I've been wanting to do like the thing that I ran into with Breath of the Wild is like you can go anywhere, you know, you start climbing things and then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my horse is way down there, not coming back for you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to do like a horse run where I, everywhere I go, I must be able to reach with my horse. Aww. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just so I, I have that connection, that companion, you know. That would be fun. Um, Mm-hmm. That's a side note for me, but that'll probably be my next run just before <laughs> Breath of the Wild sequel comes out because I Ooh. need it. Oh, realistic horse <laughs> got run. delayed. Uh, again. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, and then my last little silly one is just an auto generate um, for an outfit from your closet. I like so, like, that you one. could choose a color and a season or something like that, and then you know, click random or whatever, and it will give you little outfits that you don't have to go through and scroll through and see everything that, you know, just poof, you're ready to go for the new day. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a great one. I love them. (laughs) All right. Before we hop into our Haken's Islander corner, Sergio, you had a little bit of an announcement for everyone. Yes. And, uh, I know it's sudden, so I'll, I'll be quick about it. But due to um, a recent personal event, uh, it is best for me to to leave Discord in general and social media in general. So that means I will be stepping away as a Haken co-host. But I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's just something I need um, a bit of a fresh start. And I'm very grateful to you, Chewy, Nina, and to all of our patrons and all of our listeners. Everyone that listened for any amount of time, you made Haken what it is. And I'm never going to forget Haken, the community, and the great memories that I made with you guys and with all of our friends. And I'm honestly looking forward to being a listener of this great great podcast. And thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Sergio. And... I mean, I guess I don't know too many of the specifics either. Uh, this is very sudden news for us. But Sergio, whenever you're feeling better, whenever you're ready to come back, you know, you're always welcome here. So Yeah. Thank you. Even if it's just for a week or for a month or however long you'd like. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah. There's always a place here for you. This is... This is not an anti-Sergio place at all. This is a pro-Sergio place. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll miss you, but, you know, we just want you to be doing okay. And, yeah. you know, don't be a stranger. You got our numbers. Yeah. You can call yeah. us whenever you need anything. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. you know, it's good to take care of yourself. So I'm, I'm glad that you realized that in yourself that you needed a break. So, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. awesome. I I completely, you know, I'm backing you, Sergio, whatever you need. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we got your back always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should get to the end of the show here. A nice and long one. Thank you, Meg, for this wonderful topic. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're on to Haken's Islander Corner. For those of you who don't know, every single week we ask our patrons on Patreon a question and read their answers out loud here for you. This week's question was, why is Animal Crossing fun to you? And Meg, you're our guest. I actually want to ask you, why why is Animal Crossing fun to you? (laughs) So ever since I was like a little girl, my 
like dream for my life has just been to own a house like <laughs> i never dreamt of like being an astronaut or like getting married or like anything else like that like i my life's ambition is just to own a house mm. <laughs> it's like that's all i ever have wanted to do and i'm still working on it <laughs> but yeah. um that was just so great like even on the GameCube game, it's like you get a mortgage, you pay off your mortgage, you get a house, you decorate your house. And that is what I have focused on in every single game. Yeah. <laughs> and I also really like the collectathon aspect of it, like the museum and the collecting the bugs and hoarding things. And I like any game where you collect things and has a, or has like a looting system, anything that you collect things and hoard things I like. I like I didn't even know that like friendship with villagers was like a thing. Um <laughs> I I completely ignored them all the way until um and until New Horizons basically. Like I, I I never talked to them. I I I didn't do anything outside. I didn't know you could lay lay tiles down and new leaf. Like I, I didn't know any of that until like I got on the internet and was like, Oh, you can do like other things in this game besides decorate your house. <laughs> that's all that's all I ever did. That's all I ever wanted to do was just own a house. <laughs> and that's, that's incredible. Yeah. I love that I feel like that's such a fun way to play, you know, where you're just completely focused on one aspect of it and mm -hmm. it, yeah that just gives you such a different perspective on the game too that's awesome yeah i didn't even know there was like more to the game <laughs> i didn't even know <laughs> i love that so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah well that's great um awesome so we'll read some of our other answers that we got we got four of them this time so we can each read one i guess maybe we'll go sergio then Meg, then Nina, then I'll end it off. Okay. Sounds good. So the first one is by Moonfeathered, and they said, Animal Crossing is fun to me because I have so many wonderful memories attached to it. Wild World was my first Animal Crossing game, and after that I never looked back. I grew up with it, like I did with Pokemon, and it is a huge stress reliever. I love Logging in and getting little notes from my villagers that always seem to have the perfect message for me for the way I'm feeling at the time. And being able to play with my best friend and my new friends from Haken ramp the fun up. <laughs> That's true. And I'm sure, Moonfeather, you agree that you, you form a relationship with your villagers and you, you know... It's not always a good relationship, but it's a relationship <laughs> nonetheless. And, and that's part of the fun, for sure. I, everybody needs that enemy, their mortal <laughs> enemy in the game. I, I remain that that's a fact of Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Tumig, do you have a mortal enemy? Um, I don't think... You know, I still kind of ignore them a little bit. <laughs> They're all her enemies. All, all of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think some of them are cute, but uh, I don't really talk to them a whole lot. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> All right, Lemmy B says, because no matter what kind of day I'm having, I can play Animal Crossing for 10 minutes and feel relaxed and peaceful. And occasionally, you expect to play expect to play for 10 minutes and an hour's gone by. At times, I love that feeling. Yeah, yeah. that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. that That's such a great way to just, like, 
get lost. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Charlie says, Animal Crossing is fun to me because there's so much variety of what I can choose to do. When I log on, I just play intuitively. What do I feel like doing this evening? It means my game runs quite slowly, and I don't make fast progress, particularly with decorating. But it also means I don't get burnt out on the game. The only time I've deviated from this was when there was a deluge of Animal Crossing New Horizons decorating videos on YouTube. I felt an invisible pressure to keep up. And once sanity took hold again, and I realized comparison was ruining the game for me, I reset my island and vowed to only play my way. A few months in, and I'm gently ticking along and loving each time I play. I mm-hmm. love this answer. This I, I feel like at the beginning of New Horizons, we were talking about this a lot. Like, take it at your own place. Do not compare... Because it, it turns into like a rat race, especially when you're trying to unlock stuff as fast as other people. It mm-hmm. it can be really, you know, stress inducing. So don't, you know, just let it be a fun, easy game. Yeah. I feel yeah. like Animal Crossing was never like that before, like YouTube and the internet and but I had no idea what other people's towns looked like. Like I didn't like I said, I didn't even know you could like plant flowers and lay pathways and do what were they called the the projects outside oh yeah the public, public works, works projects the public yeah. works yeah like I, I had no idea my town was completely empty and i was happy <laughs> with it <laughs> till i, I till it. i finally unlocked the um the dream suite and was like oh so this is like what you do <laughs> oh cool so <laughs> i was i was happily ignorant <laughs> yeah sometimes that's the best way to be <laughs> yep. yeah our last answer is from Todette, and they said, the, thing, uh, the things I love most about Animal Crossing is that it gives me the feeling I have lots of friends. Also, with the games getting more focused on decorating as time went on, I started to love that, too, uh, that a lot, too. And of course, the wonderful Haking community I became part of, where I met so many nice people and even made a friend or two. I always had fun with Animal Crossing, but this is the first time I'm taking my love to an all-time high, and I'm glad I found my people. (laughs) That's so nice. Yeah, I mean, I think the community is definitely the strongest aspect to the game, just the its ability to bring so many people. We saw it two years ago when the game came out at a really dark point in our timeline, you know, and just so many people were able to come together and enjoy each other and what we're doing. So, yeah, it was, it was, I I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) So for any Patreon listeners who are out there, next week's question is going to be, what are some ways that Animal Crossing can improve its accessibility? So if there's anything that you didn't hear today from us, what we covered, I mean, obviously we don't have firsthand experience with this for the most part. Um, so, and everybody's needs are different. So if you have other things you want to make known, maybe Nintendo will hear them. Maybe they're, they're out there listening to these little shows like Haken <laughs> and looking for ways to improve. But I think it's very important that we have these conversations and make sure that we, you know, make sure that we set a standard for the games we want to experience and the way we want them to improve. So, yeah, we want to hear from you. Let us know. And thank you, Sergio, 
for all the time you've given us. It's been great. Like I said, you don't need to be a stranger. We're always here for you. We're we're happy to, you know, just hang out and do whatever. You can you. enjoy Thank your you. time as a listener. <laughs> it's a lot less stressful for sure. <laughs> uh, free up your schedule a bit. But yeah, we're, we're going to miss you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Haken, an Animal Crossing podcast. If you're sad to see us go, join us over on Discord. You can talk with other people who love Animal Crossing as much as you do, including the wonderful Tumeg, who is here with us today. Want to support Haken in a bigger way and tell us your answers in the Haken Islander corner? Head over to patreon.com slash chewyplays. One dollar goes a long way to making this show even better and includes tons of goodies for you to enjoy. Get a special role on Discord, read a monthly newsletter, and get many other great rewards. We really appreciate the support and put your money towards some great things on the show. If you're listening on YouTube, let us know how you feel Animal Crossing's accessibility can improve. Reviews really help the show get discovered by more people. Please leave a review on your platform of choice and let us know how we're doing. Haken is a wild production brought to you by Chewy, Sergio, Nina, and all of our patrons. We thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great week. Goodbye, everybody. See you all next time.